When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Now, usually, this time of year, the last episode before the break, the three hosts, myself, Simon Brooks, and Isabel Hauser, all get together on Zoom to tell stories. But you know what? Life is busy and crazy and hard to schedule sometimes. So instead of Zoom, we are getting together like this. You're going to be hearing stories from all three of us, and you'll be hearing what our holidays are going to be like. It's a little bit different, but it's still a little bit the same. And I hope you enjoy it. So to get us started, we are going to be hearing from Isabel Hauser, and she will be telling us a little bit about her holidays and what she's looking forward to this season, as well as telling us the story, Heavenly Music. Hello, dear listeners. I hope you're doing wonderfully well in those days that are leading up to the most magical time of year. What I'm looking forward to the most for the holidays is the candles on the Christmas tree. Yes, we are putting real candles on a real pine tree, and every year it is a magical sight to behold how their light dances in the baubles and puts the ornaments a shimmer and a glimmer. Another thing I love about this time of year is the stories. Yes, this time of year comes with a particular set of stories that I only tell this time round, and not during the rest of the year, and I'm so looking forward to share one of those stories with you now. There was once a time when heaven and earth were close together. They were so close together that the angels walked among the people. They played together, danced, laughed, sang and against the backdrop of the whisper of the wind in the trees, the singing of the birds and the humming of the bees, the angels played their heavenly music. It warmed the hearts of everyone who heard it, and whoever heard their heavenly music was touched. Those people took each other by the hands, looked at each other and said, Hmm, it could always be like that. Only it wasn't. Times changed, and people no longer took the time to play, dance, sing, laugh with the angels. They no longer took the time to listen to their heavenly music. Other things became more important, things like having stuff, and no longer just being. At first, The angels were flabbergasted when they noticed this. Then they grew sad, and sadder still, they sat upon their clouds and floated up, up, up to the heavens, until they were so far away from earth they could only see it in a distance. 
They kept on playing their heavenly music, but when they noticed that really no one was listening anymore, they took out their golden scissors and cut up their sheep music into little pieces and let those pieces fall down onto earth like snow. It fell down on the people on earth. They caught the snippets, they picked them up from the ground and realized what they were. They remembered the heavenly music. Some wondered where it had gone, but everyone who found a piece took it home as a souvenir of a time long gone. Now, some people had instruments and they played whatever music was written on their snippets. It was beautiful, but everyone claimed that only they had the right music, that only they had the true heavenly music. Only some people took their pieces, gathered and put their pieces next to each other and then they played together. And that music was the most beautiful sound of all and it touched the hearts of everyone who heard it. And those people, they took each other by the hands, they looked at each other and said, Imagine if everyone who owned one of those snippets put them next to each other and started playing together once more. Imagine how beautiful that would be. And it could always be like that. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Fairyland Geographic Winter Edition. This special edition of Fairyland Geographic features amazing articles by explorers and photographers who have risked their lives and souls to show you the wonder of Fairyland in the article The Snow Queen's Domain. Jacqueline Bean takes you deep into the Lapland ice to discover the breathtaking beauty of the Snow Queen's castle. Enjoy the stunning photo display by Ivan as he takes up-close pictures of the dangerous frost of Jack Frost himself. Read the harrowing tale of the only reporter to survive an interview with Yuki Ona, the Snow Woman, and spent the day with her in the cold forests of Japan. Fairyland Geographic, your magical world explored. This episode is also brought to you by the Patreon supporters. We started out the year with 50 tried and true patrons. We had the goal to get to 200 patrons, and we got all the way to 75. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Now, we set goals, we try to get to them, but the main thing we celebrate are those who joined and became patrons. Patrons help this podcast continue on, and we appreciate every single one of them. We have so many incredible, talented, amazing patrons who make this podcast possible, and our hearts are full of gratitude for your wonderful support. Now it's time to hear a story from Simon Brooks. But first of all, I think we should find out what Simon is doing this holiday season. So one of the things I'm looking forward to um, over the holiday break is 
going into the land of the ice giants with Mo. Um, we've booked a trip, and we're going to be flying over to Iceland. And from there, we're going to be taking the Rainbow Bridge to uh, the Frost Land, where the ice giants live. That's what I'm going to be doing over the holidays. And I'm sure there'll be some more stories about that when I get back. This story you might have heard before, if you listened to the holiday issue last year, because this story is a story that was told by Isabel Hauser. And I fell in love with it so much that I asked her if I could tell it. Now, if you didn't hear the story, there's a couple of things that you need to know. I grew up with Father Christmas, and we would hang stockings up on Christmas Eve, and they would end up at the foot of our bed, with things inside it like a tangerine, some nuts, usually some chocolate. And as I got older, there were some 45 singles and sometimes paperback books to read and all that kind of stuff. It was really cool. But where Isabel comes from, they celebrate this time of year a little bit differently. Instead of putting stockings out on the mantelpiece or at the end of the bed on Christmas Eve, they polish up their Sunday best boots and put them next to the hearth on December the 5th. And when they wake up on December the 6th, inside their boots isn't a stocking, but a burlap sack, a sacking cloth sack. And it's filled with, well, to be honest, similar things that I grew up with, except Isabel would have other things like gingerbread and holiday cookies, which I wish I had in my stocking when I was that little. And whatever was in the sack, they got to keep. It was theirs. So please enjoy St. Nick's Gift. Once, a very long time ago, there was a young widow. Her husband had died and left her with a huge estate, beautiful lands, a gorgeous house with marvellous gardens, and a great deal of wealth. And she was able to retain that wealth. But... It was highly encouraged in those days that she should marry someone else, especially because she was so young. But she wasn't just rich. She was also incredibly intelligent. And some people thought that she was also very beautiful to look at. So, because of these traits, she had many suitors coming to see her from all over the place. But she was not interested in any of them. Her heart was a lot closer to home. There was a farmhand, a couple of years younger than her, who helped her with the gardening, creating these beautiful gardens that she loved. And when her husband died, she had found him attentive and found that he listened and he heard what she was saying. He helped her create the most beautiful memorial garden for her husband. And the friendship grew and grew and grew. And she fell in love with him. But she was his boss. He was her employee. She was rich. He was not rich. People would have frowned upon her marrying him. Now, you might wonder if he liked her. And the thing is, he did. He liked her a lot. He had fallen in love with her, too. He found ways to encourage them to spend time together. 
So in the lambing season, he would invite her to watch the, the lambs being born. He would teach her about the plants that grew in their gardens, the best time to prune them, the best time for planting certain plants. They spent a lot of time together, and their friendship only grew deeper as this happened. It was the beginning of December, and one day as they were drinking tea together in the warm kitchen on the cold day that it was, she jokingly asked him if he was going to put his boots out next to the hearth on the 5th of December. He looked down at his muddied, scuffed work boots and said, why would I polish these up and put these next to the fire? I haven't cleaned these apart from knocking the dirt off them and putting a bit of oil on them once in a while. No, she said, your Sunday best boots. But only children put their boots next to the fire. Why would I do that? I don't know. Maybe Saint Nick will bring you something that you want, and you'll get to keep it. Well, he liked her so much that he decided that he would humour her. And so that night, he dug around and found his Sunday boots. He hadn't worn them in quite a while. And he brushed the dust off them and started to polish them. Now, I don't know if you know how people used to polish their shoes for Sunday best. They, they would polish them with spit and polish. You'd rub some polish on and then you'd, you'd spit. And then you'd polish and polish that spit into the, into the shoe until it started to shine. And when it was getting shiny, you'd put more polish on it and rub that in. And then you would once again spit on the boot and rub that spit in with the polish until it got shinier and shinier and shinier and shinier and he polished his boots until he looked at the toes and he could see his teeth when he smiled that's how shiny they were and then on the 5th of December he put his boots next to the hearth now in the morning when he woke up he'd completely forgotten about the boots he wasn't even thinking about that he got up and went straight out to work didn't even stop in the kitchen he went and mucked out the barns, he fed the chickens and the cows and the sheep, he sharpened some of the tools, put oil on them, ready for the winter, and only when his belly started to grumble, at about eleven o'clock in the morning, did he start to make his way back towards the house. He'd been up since just before dawn, and his stomach was making a lot of noise as he made his way into the kitchen, and there his mouth fell open. He couldn't believe it. His boots, next to the hearth. There was a burlap sack in his boots. Saint Nick had visited him and left him a gift. His eyes started to crease into smiles and his mouth began to grin widely. Well, don't just stand there, I've been... Waiting here since before dawn, way before dawn. The farmhand started to laugh and quickly walked over to his boots. For dressed in this large sacking cloth was the widow. Saint Nick had left him the widow in his boots. He helped her out of his shoes and sat her down at the table. She was a little bit weak from standing up for so long and then made a cup of tea for the two of them. They talked and talked and talked. And of course, seeing as Saint Nick had left her in his shoes, well, they had to get married. And they were married before the end of the year. And I hope 
that they lived happily ever after. The third story for this episode is by our esteemed leader and our host, Rachel Ann Harding. Hey, before you start us off with a story, what is something that you're looking forward to this holiday season, Rachel Ann? And what story are you going to tell us today? This holiday season, there are a few things that I always look forward to. I am going to go see Christmas lights. We're going to drive around and look at Christmas lights together. We always make green sugar cookies. And by green, I mean there is a little bit of uh, chlorophyll in them that turns them green because my husband does a lot of biology and it's part of his business. So we create these green cookies for all of the vendors that sell his products. It's a Christmas tradition. It should be a lot of fun this year. Um, And I'm looking forward to doing that again. I'm also going to tell you a story Once, long ago, there lived near the ancient city of Strasbourg on the River Rhine a young and handsome count whose name was Otto. Now, as the years flew by, he never wed, though many women tried to tempt him into marriage. But he never seemed interested. Now, they were very disappointed in some of the even more vicious gossips called him Stoneheart, but he didn't pay them any attention. One Christmas Eve, Count Otto ordered a great hunt. Lords and ladies, servants and their servants, all came out to hunt. And it was a merry party. There was laughing and bugling and dogs and baying, and they all rode into the forest together in that cold, crisp air. As the hunt went on, though, Count Otto was separated from the party. And as their voices grew softer and softer, He realized he was in a part of the woods he had not come very often, and there in front of him was a fairy well. Being thirsty, he leapt from his horse, he went to the well, and he plunged his hands into the water. But instead of being cold and frosty and freezing his fingers, it was warm. Oh, it was warm, and he felt his whole body relax as the warm water swirled around his fingers. He dipped them further and further in until he was up to his elbows in the warm water, bringing it to his lips to sip, and once again immersing his hands in that warm liquid. As he did, he felt another hand, a hand reaching up from the water to clasp his own. It was small and delicate. Though he grasped at it, it slipped away, and with it, it took his golden ring. He stepped back from the well, looking closely, but he could see nothing but water. He mounted his horse. He turned and headed back into the woods until he found the hunting party. They went home. They had a merry feast, and he retired to his own rooms. But he could not stop thinking about the well and the hand that had grasped his. And that gold ring, he liked that gold ring, and something in the well had taken it. He determined that that very next day he would take servants to the fairy well, empty it out, and try to find his gold ring and perhaps the very person who took it. As he tossed between dreams and thoughts of that well, he heard the watchhounds baying, outside. He heard the castle gates open. 
but no one came to his room to announce any visitors. No, instead there was a strange music that began to fill the air, coming closer and closer as sounds of footsteps, many, many feet, came up the stairs towards his apartments. Finally, he could stand it no longer. He threw back the covers and went into the apartment adjoining his room. And there, what a sight. There were lights. There were fairies dancing and singing. The music seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere at once. And though they danced, they danced around something new. It was a tree, a tree in the middle of that great room. An evergreen Though on its branches were the strangest ornaments. There were jewels, strings of pearls, glistening diadems, daggers with rubies. This tree was full of treasure. It seemed to groan under the weight of the treasure. Then, from around the tree, came a woman. She was tall with long black hair. He was so struck by her presence he could not speak and She smiled and laughed at his speechlessness and then held out her hand and there in her palm was his ring. I am Queen Ernestine of the fairies. At that, if Count Otto really had a stone heart, well, it was melted away. He took the ring from her hand, asked her to dance, and she led him around the room to that wild, beautiful music until there was nothing but him and her and the dance. And when the sun rose, he asked her to marry him, and she said yes, but on one condition, that he would never use the word death in front of her. Oh, fairies have asked for so many things, so many strange and impossible things to join our world. This... This was an easy ask. He could certainly never use that word in front of her for all of their married lives. Their wedding was grand and fine, and they loved Ernestine, the countess, which maybe was a step down from a queen, but she didn't seem to mind. For many years they lived happily. But, you know, marriage, that's a long time. One afternoon... Count Otto and Ernestine were supposed to go out. Perhaps it was to meet friends. Perhaps it was for another ball or a hunting party. Whatever it was, Ernestine took a long time in preparing. If you think a human beauty regimen is a chore, you should imagine what it takes to be a fairy. It was so long that when she appeared at the top of the stairs, ready to go, beautifully decked, Shining like a crystal in the moonlight, all Count Otto could say to her was, Wife, you have taken so long a good messenger would send for death. At the sound of that word leaving his lips, he knew what he had done. He wished he could recall the words, but they came to her ears and her face grew pale. Her beauty became cold and terrible, and she let out a cry, a wild shriek, a moan that filled the castle, and then she swept past him and away. Though he followed after her shadow, all the way to the fairy well, he could not catch her. That Christmas he put up a tree, a big evergreen tree, and decorated it with all of his jewels, all of his shiny baubles. 
And then the folks around in that area began to also put up their own trees. For Christmas trees are not just for the wealthy, though they did it for the joy of it. And Count Otto did it each year with the hope that Ernestine would return to him. It is said she never returned, though he put up a tree every year. I think, though, she could not return to him, that she did return every year to dance with him just for a few hours in the light of the Christmas tree. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Go find Isabel at isabelhauser.com, Simon at simonbrookstoryteller.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find all of us on Instagram and Facebook. While you're there, let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The Beautiful Brains by the Fairytale sponsor was me and my love for National Geographics. The music, of course, is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons and listeners like you. Thank you for supporting the podcast with your kindness, your generous spirits, your love of storytelling, and your consistently coming back to hear these stories. You will hear more stories in the new year. But until then, live Live happily happily ever ever after. 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 Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. What's in a box of wonder? Amazing and intriguing items of wonder. Maybe it'll be food. Maybe it'll be books. Maybe it'll be fairy bust. Who knows? Oh, my God. Fairy bust. Don't know what that is. <laughs>